Well, good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you join us today, and here's why. Last week and this week, we're talking about a part of life that is very important, but it is rarely discussed candidly in adult circles, especially in church. And with these past months of social distancing, we think it is more important than ever to talk about this because there's been so much isolation, which has led to discouragement and depression in so many people. And it's the subject of your friendships. Specifically, how do you develop friendships that are good for you? Now, as we said last week, that may seem like a real odd subject to talk about to adults. You may be sitting there thinking, well, you guys ought to stick to teaching that to elementary and middle school students. But the truth is, no matter how old you get, your closest relationships impact the quality and the direction of your life. Now, here's the thing. While this is true, there's something else that is very true that this drives, and that is this. One of the things that we all have in common, whether you consider yourself a Christ follower or not, is we all have had those moments in our life that have knocked us off our feet, and our faith was, uh, was tested to the extreme. Maybe for you, it was when someone that you loved died. Maybe it was when a close friend moved away. Maybe it was when your child was born prematurely. Maybe it was when you lost your job. For some of you, it was when a dating relationship ended. When some of you, it was when you broke your engagement or you went through a divorce. Maybe it was when a friend let you down. Now, for some of you, it was when you faced challenges with your teenagers. For others of you, sometimes it happens when your parents age and they require more care and attention. Maybe for you, it was when the career that you prepared for, it didn't work out for you at all and you had to choose another career path. Or maybe your moment revolved around a health challenge. For some of you, that's what's happening right now. Maybe cancer or maybe mental illness or depression or anxiety has hit you and you're not sure how to move forward or to go on. Others of you, you're facing this life has knocked me off my feet moment right now with everything that has happened with COVID. You're carrying this significant weight on your shoulders because life is so hard and you feel like you have very few answers and you have less hope and there's a lot of confusion about what to do or where to turn. And when life gets tough, what we all tend to do is respond basically in the same way. We, we sit in our bedroom or we sit in our car or we sit at work or we sit at the doctor's office, or we sit in the hospital room, or the funeral home, and we think, why? Why is this happening to me? And then the second thing that we often begin to think is, who can I call? Who can I tell? Who can I talk to? Because intuitively, we know that we shouldn't and we couldn't go through times alone by ourselves we need somebody to come alongside us and to help us be strong so for just a moment i want you to think about this think about this seriously for just a moment in your past when life has been hard when life has knocked you off your feet in those moments when you were hurting so badly was there a friend in your circle of friends who was good for you? Who did you lean on? Who, who did you learn that you could count on to show up when you needed them the most? Who was there without you even having to ask? Or maybe another way to ask it would be, who came along to help you be strong? 
Now, here's the good news for some of you. You immediately have a face and a name or some faces and some names come to mind. You, you think about a best friend. You think about a small group. You think about a team that you volunteer on or maybe a neighbor or a coworker who stepped in and cared for you when you so desperately needed it in your life. They showed up and they brought your food so you wouldn't have to cook. Or maybe they just showed up and sat with you so you didn't have to be alone. Or maybe they took care of things around the house for you so that you wouldn't have to do it. Or maybe they encouraged you not to give up. Maybe they just helped you with your kids. Or maybe they just called every day to see how you were doing. But you had some people who came along and they helped you to be strong. And it impacted you. And it made a big difference in the outcome of the crisis or the difficulty that you're facing. Now, for others of you, this is an excruciating kind of question. Because nobody came along for you. Or maybe the people that you expected to come along, they didn't. And it hurt so deeply and and it made that difficult situation even more painful because you felt let down you felt left alone you felt abandoned now here's the good news if that's you Jesus he identifies with what you've gone through because think about it in his moment of greatest need all of those that he had been there for they abandoned him some of them even denied him and betrayed him like his closest friends they deserted him they left him alone so when you tell Jesus how you're feeling he absolutely gets it he knows what it feels like to have no one come along and to help you be strong in your greatest time of need and so his desire is that you never feel alone when you need a friend to help you be strong so what we want to do today is is we want to change this question slightly to help us be able to look forward to the future with hope and to face the future with the confidence that we will have someone that will help us be strong. So here's the question. The next time you're faced with a crisis or a challenge, who will come along to help you be strong? Now, that question, really it means it takes some action on your part. Because the question is about how do you make sure the next time that life throws a curve at you, the next time you get bad news or the next time you face a trial or a crisis, that there's going to be a friend in your circle of friends that is there that is good for you. That there's somebody there that's going to be there that they're going to lean your strength and help you be strong whenever you're struggling or with whatever you're struggling with in life. Who's going to help you be strong when you're struggling? Now, last week, we talked about this idea that friends who are good for you, they help us become and belong. And if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go back and make sure that you get that as the foundation of this talk. But today, there's a third area, as we've already kind of pointed out, that we want to focus on, and that is this. Friends who are good for us help us become and belong and be strong. And I'm telling you, This is a big deal that you have people in your life, especially in this season, and here's why. Faith, your faith, it is shaped by your friends. You need to understand that. Your faith, it is shaped by your friends. It is strengthened by your friends. It's supported by your friends. And if you're surrounded by people who help you become and belong and be strong, I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to help you grow in your faith. 
But if you are not surrounded by people who help you become and belong and be strong, there's no way that you will go grow through the successes and the struggles of life. You need to understand that. If you don't have people around you that are going to help you become, belong, and be strong, you're not going to grow through the successes and the struggles of life. And here's why. You'll either get distracted by the successes and you'll drift away spiritually, or you'll get discouraged by the struggles and you'll walk away spiritually. That is why you need friends who are good for you to loan you their strength when yours is running out and they let you bar their faith when you are not sure that you have any left in your life. And as we said last week, this is why this is so important because we live in a culture that focuses very little on helping us become who God designed us to be. So what we tend to do is we tend to ignore our need for friends who will help us be strong until we need friends who will help us be strong. And the truth is, is if you wait till you need them to find them, you've probably waited too long. So here's what we want to do today. We want to do two things. We want to make a case for why you need friends to help you be strong, no matter how strong that you think that you already are. And we want to encourage you to take a step that will go a long way in, in making this happen, this kind of friendship that we're talking about, happen with somebody or a group of somebodies in your life. So to help us do that, we're going to look at some of the words of one of the, I think, I, I just, I can't imagine having this man's wisdom. I mean, Scripture tells us he's the wisest man who ever lived, and, and his perspective that he gives us on why we need each other, we need to lean into. So in the book of Ecclesiastes, if you want to follow along, Solomon, he just makes this simple but very compelling case for why we should be intentional about having friends who are good for us whenever life is tough. And to do that, he does just one of the most amazing things. He makes or uses a case study from his own life, which is so intriguing and interesting. And the question is, why would he do that? Because here's why. Even though he had all the wealth that he could ever want, and even though he had this large family, think about it, he has 300 wives and 700 concubines, so there are a lot of people around him just in his family, not counting all the people who were part of his family. Um, entourage, if you want to call it that. But he understood that there was something important missing from his life. And here's the thing. It ultimately led to his downfall. Because even though he had this wisdom, he didn't necessarily apply it. In fact, here's what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning in verse 8. He says, there was a man all alone. And what's interesting about this is he's talking about himself. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. Now, I don't want you to miss this. This is what Solomon feels about himself. This is not reality. I mean, think about it. He had a lot of people around him, 300 wives, 700 concubines. So he had a lot of sons. And if you know anything about his family, he had a lot of brothers. But he still felt isolated from them. He felt alone. Then he continues. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth, 
For whom am I tolling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. A miserable business. And what Solomon is telling us from his own life experience is this. You can have it all. But if you don't have friends that are good for you, even if you have everything that your heart desires, it is a miserable business. It is a miserable place to be. So in verse 9, he starts making this case for why you need friends that are good for you. Notice what he says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So Solomon comes along as he builds his case. He says, you need friends that are good for you because they make you more productive. They help you have a better outcome. They help you have a better return on investment. That's what he means when he says, because they have a good return for their labor. In other words, you cannot achieve all that God created you to accomplish on your own. See, doing life alone, it, it helps you go faster first at the beginning, but it doesn't help you go further. In fact, there's this old proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And here's the thing. Eventually, most of us kind of figure this out, don't we? we? We start out thinking that we can get it all done on our own and we can do it faster than trying to bring other people with us. And, and then what happens is eventually we experience enough life and, and we've faced enough tests in life and we realize that we need some other people surrounding us to help us become all that God has created us and created us to be and accomplish all that God has created us to do. And part of the reason that is true is at some point, as Solomon says in this verse, he says, you're going to fall down. And without someone alongside of you to help you be strong, to get back up, you will not accomplish all that you could and all that you should. And what will happen is you will either give up or you'll slow down to the point that you're not accomplishing what God has designed you to do. So friends who are good for you, what he's saying is they help you avoid unnecessary detours and delay, and they actually make you much more productive than you would all alone. In fact, he continues. Here's what he says. Also, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Although one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So Solomon comes along, he says, as he's building his case for why you need friends that are good for you, he says, not only did God design friendships to help you do all that God created you to do, but he also designed them to protect you from anything that would overpower you or derail you from the purpose that God has for you. See, he's telling us that friends that are good for you are also, they're like a safety rope that catches you when you fall. See, there are going to be times in your future when life is going to be so tough that you're going to be ready to give up. There's going to be moments when life is going to be so tough that you're going to walk, walk away. You're going to face some crisis or some challenge along the way that's going to cause you to doubt whether you have what it takes to overcome 
But here's what Solomon is telling us. Friends that are good for us, they come alongside of us and they support us in those moments and they protect us from making decisions that we will later regret. They keep doubt and discouragement and danger from overpowering us. Now, here's the thing. Having been a pastor now for over 25 years, I've watched these principles from Solomon being played out in people's lives. I've watched people who have friends that were good for them around them, and I saw the difference that it made in their life and how much stronger they were and how much more they overcome, overcame and how much more they accomplished. And then I've watched people who didn't apply these principles, and they struggled more than they should have simply because they did not or would not invest in friendships that were good for them. So years ago as a church, we decide that, decided that helping people be intentional about developing friendships that are good for them, it really had to be at the center of what we did. Because as we said at the beginning of this series and said at the beginning of this talk today, the quality of your relationships, it really is determined by your friendships. And the quality of your relationships, it literally is going to make or break your life, especially when it comes your, to your spiritual growth and your development. That is why groups are so core to who we are as a church. It is why we don't measure our success just by how many people are sitting in rows in buildings or online listening to somebody like me speak. What matters just as much to us is how many of you are in circles with friends who are good for you. Friends who come along and help you become, belong, and be strong. Now, Here's why we believe that circles matter just as much as rows. First of all, we're confident because of what Solomon says. His principles have been proven true over time. And because many of us, we have experienced this, that friendships that are good for you are both preventative and prescriptive. Literally, they're preventative in the sense that by investing every week in friendships that encourage you in your faith, that encourage you to take that next step in your spiritual growth, what you do is you avoid some of the pain and some of the problems that we all tend to bring on to ourselves when we're just doing life alone. See, friendships that are good for you, as we talked about last week, they keep you from drifting spiritually. Friendships that are good for you, they keep you from stagnating in your faith. They keep you with zeal and spiritual fervor friendships that are good for you they keep you from making decisions that lead to painful outcomes or destination i mean think about it this way every marriage needs some support now to avoid life support later think about that and every kid every student they need their parents to have friends now that are good for them in order to help that family to avoid relational friction later. And every single adult needs friends now who help them live out their purpose and learn to live selflessly. See, when a friendship is working right, it's always preventative. Now, you need to be sure to know this. Friendships that are good for us, friendships that are preventative, that's not just something that happens in one or two conversations, which is why it is so important for you to connect with friends that are good for you on a regular basis, and you make it a priority on your schedule. 
See, you'll never see the payoff and the preventative benefit. If you go into a group or go into the groups with this kind of quick fix mindset. But here's what happens. Over time, the cumulative effect, I'm telling you, the overall outcome of being in a group of friends who are good for you, it is huge. So that's the preventative side of the coin of friendships that are good for you. But the other side of friendships that are good for you, they, they are prescriptive. Because here's what we mean by that. Whenever life gets tough, what happens is you have some people who come along and they help you to be strong. See, in those moments when life shakes your faith, you don't lose faith by, because you are surrounded by support. In those moments when you can't sense God's presence, you experience the tangible presence of God's people. In those moments when you doubt, you have friends who help you borrow their faith until you can gain yours back. Or whenever your marriage is like struggling, you have those friends that are good for you. They help you to hold your marriage together or if you're about to fall for temptation friends that are good for you they keep you from falling into some kind of regretful situation see when you're about to cross that line and, and make a mess financially or academically or vocationally friends that are good for you remind you it's not worth it listen groups are both preventative and prescriptive so here's the question do you have a group of people who are committed to you like this? Outside of your family, who accepts you unconditionally and loves you sincerely just for who you are, not just for what you can do? Like who cares about you enough to tell you the truth when you need to hear it? And then you'll stop and you'll listen because you know they have your back and you know they love you unconditionally. So who's devoted to you? so devoted to you that they would drop what they're doing in their world to celebrate your success or sit beside you or walk beside you in your pain. Who's there to help build your faith and push you to take your next steps? Do you have anybody outside of family who you know they will do anything, they'll do everything in their power to help you get what you need to get or become or go where you need to go in life. Listen, God created us with the need to grow through relationships. Here at RCC, we call them providential relationships. In other words, we need a circle of people who we trust enough to give all access to our life. People who we are going to be fully transparent with in what we say and what we do. We say things to them like this. Listen, here's what everybody else sees. Here's what everybody else thinks of me. But here's what's really happening in my heart. And I'm telling you, folks, it needs to be more than just family. Because I'm telling you, it is so much easier to dismiss the observations and the feedback of family. When they point out something to us, it's so easy just to brush it aside. You need some friends with the freedom to push you to grow. I'm telling you. It is a core part of how God designed you to grow spiritually. Listen, friends who are good for you, they help you become, they help you belong, and they help you be strong. 
And we as a church, we are so passionate about helping you connect with friendships that are good for you. And we have, I mean, we have tried over the years to make it so simple for you to experience friends that are good for you through an environment that we call groups. That's why we always say life is better connected. See, groups are where you develop the kind of friendships that help you practice loving others the way that Jesus loved us. And as we've said it last week, here's the best we know way we know how to describe a group, and that is this. Groups are a lab for learning how to love like Jesus. See, groups are the environment that God uses to help you become, belong, and be strong. The, the groups that commit spending time to eat with each other consistently, they learn to trust each other together, so they hang out together, then they start developing authenticity, and then they start having the humility to accept one another. Listen, they will experience friendships that help them become, belong, and be strong. Listen. It is so easy to talk about loving people as Jesus loved us. But when you are in a group, you have to actually practice loving specific people for an extended period of time. And as we said last week, groups aren't designed to help you have friendships. Groups are designed to help you have a certain kind of friendship. The kind of friendships that help you become, belong, and be strong. So here's what we want to challenge you to do. If you're not in a group, if you're sitting in the room, we encourage you to stop by the gallery, talk to some people about what a group is all about, get your questions answered, and you can sign up there. Or if you're watching online, you can sign up online. We'd be glad to help you if you reach out to us to help you find the best group. And let me just say this. This is one of the most important steps that you can take in your life when it comes to your spiritual growth and development. So as we close, let me challenge you one more time. Will there be someone... Will there be a friend in your circle of friends who is good for you? Now, here's the thing. If you're not in a group, you're very vulnerable to falling. Because here's the thing about Solomon. While Solomon wrote that wisdom, he did not apply that wisdom to his life. And ultimately, it led to his downfall. So our challenge to you is invest in some relationships and care for somebody else so that when you need it, there is somebody there for you that will help you become, belong, and be strong. Our challenge for you, especially in this season, it is to develop friendships that are good for you because I'm telling you, life is so much better when we have friends that are good for us. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this incredible opportunity to learn and to grow together. God, in this season, we have been challenged. We've been challenged at levels that many of us have never, ever experienced before. And for many of us, it's knocked our faith feet right out from under us. But I thank you for giving us the answer for how to get our faith back to functioning so that we can be strong. God, I, I just really pray that in this season we'll all make the commitment to say, God, um, I'm going to humble myself and not only admit that I need you as my Lord and my Savior, but I need the body of Christ, other believers, other people taking the same, same path around me to help me be strong. God, help us to lean in to these relationships like we've never leaned in before because we need it in this season. So, God, I just want to thank you that we do. Man, life is so much better when we are connected. 
I thank you and I praise you for what you're going to do in these coming months as, as we grow and as we develop and as we share with each other and as we encourage each other and as we serve one another. God, I thank you for what's going to happen in the body of Christ. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for being with us today. Can't wait for you to be with us next week as we start a brand new series. You won't want to miss it. We'll see you then.